The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Welcome to 1002 with your host, Mike Baker, an opportunity to pray for the harvest and receive a nugget of truth from God's word. As we continue on in 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 4 is when the ark is captured. And it says in in 1 Samuel 4, 5, it says, As soon as the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all of Israel gave a mighty shout, so that the earth resounded. When the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, and they said, What does this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? They learned that the ark of the Lord had come to camp, and the Philistines were afraid, for they said, Hey, God has come to the camp. They said, Woe to us, for nothing like this has ever happened before. Woe to us. Who can deliver us from the power of this of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians in every sort of plague in the wilderness. Take courage, O men of Phil- Philistine, lest you become slaves to the Hebrews, as they have been to you. Be men and fight. <clears throat> you know, the ark entered the camp, and Israel just assumed they would win, right? Because the ark was there. Because God was there. And there was this mighty shout that says the earth resounded. And I wish I could have heard that. that. That's worship. I think we've lost that element of worship today in the church. I don't know the last time the earth resounded with a shout or with worship. So many times I think our worship is dead and uneventful and just almost like we just do it out of obligation. But the Philistines had heard about the Lord now, they were confused and they were obviously mis- had misinformation. They believed it was mighty gods, but they knew these gods, this God, Yahweh, I am, was powerful. They referred to him in the plural form, and he obviously is not, as he is God, Jehovah Jireh. But they knew that this God was powerful. They knew what happened in Egypt. They knew about the plagues, and they were scared. And because of that, they fought like people who are scared. And unfortunately, they slaughtered Israel. And that's kind of the point of the story that even though the Ark was there, even though the Ark of the Covenant was at the battle, Israel wasn't living for the Lord. In fact, they hadn't been living for the Lord for a long time. As we wrapped up judges and and we know that every man was doing as he saw fit. We know it was a country divided. We know it was a country that no longer listened to the laws. They didn't listen to the precepts. They didn't write them on their hearts like Moses and Joshua both had told them to. In different passages we saw in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, they simply assumed because an object was there, they would win and that God would deliver them. But God had made it very clear throughout all of his time with them in the wilderness, with the law, with Moses, with Joshua, that he wanted their hearts. He wanted their lives. And he goes on and he talks about that in the prophets, about how he doesn't want our false worship or our false fasting. He talks about that in Isaiah, right? And Ezekiel, that was a valley of dry bones, Israel was a valley of dry bones. They weren't living for the Lord. They weren't obeying anything. They were living for self and just as soon because an object appeared that they would win. 
And God showed them that day what he wants. He showed them that he needs their lives. He needs them to be committed. He needs them to be dedicated to him. And that a simple object is not going to save you. Isn't that kind of what we've done with church? Right? Well, I got to be at the building. I got to make sure I don't miss the important days. I got to make sure I'm there when it's the most important. You know, for a lot of us, we say that's Christmas and Easter, but there's a few more days out there that are important. But then throughout the rest of the week, throughout the rest of the year, are we living for the Lord? Does our life look like Jesus 24 7, 365 days out of the year? Sadly, I, for a lot of people in the church, it doesn't. Not at all. We've just left a year of just complete division and divisiveness and anger and fighting. So many pastors I talk to are burnt out, exhausted, walking away, resigning. They can't believe what they've seen in the last year. We've seen a selfish attitude, a me first attitude. It's all about what I want. It's no different than what Israel is doing here. Oh, but God will save us because the ark is here. Salvation is so much more than showing up to church or being there on the right days or something being a part of a service. I had breakfast this morning with a just an older guy I love and just I love I love how people as they get older just say it as it is and it's the truth. And he said, "You know, when I was in my 30s, I finally realized that I was an absolute mess. I was worthless is exactly what he said. He said, I was worthless and I needed Christ. Man, when was the last time you heard someone talk like that? But it's the truth. We hear all the time, oh, they're good people, they're good people, but that's impossible because without Christ, nothing is good. It is dead. Without Christ, we are worthless, but yet we've convinced ourselves that we can be good people, that we're not as bad as the other person, that we're not worthless, that we don't really need Christ, but it's just a convenient thing we have. And I loved his attitude. I was worthless. And that's the attitude that we come before the throne, realizing that we are absolutely worthless and Christ makes us everything. He redeems us, he restores us, he brings us to new life. That's why Paul said, I was dead and now I'm alive again. I died to myself, I died to that worthlessness and now I'm alive because Christ is in me. Israel never understood that. And the ark didn't save them because they weren't living for the Lord. They weren't obeying the Lord. They didn't even care about the laws. God had already came and told Eli that his sons were wicked and he was wicked and there would be punishment. You know, the whole point of this podcast is to give you a daily devotion, give you a daily challenge, but also talk about the unreached. And today I don't have a specific people group, but I just want to challenge you. Are you even willing to go? Are you even willing to step out of your comfort zone and make a resounding shout? Israel made a resounding shout for all the wrong things. 
And it was a grievous day where 30,000 people lost their lives and a punishment for their sin. And every single day, people are dying. Every single, what, 10, 11 seconds, someone in this world is passing away who's never heard the gospel. 60% of this world does not know the good news. They've never heard the resounding shout. They don't know that Jesus came, he lived, and he rose again. And they're worshiping all kinds of falseness, ultimately man-made idols, because ultimately without worshiping God, we're worshiping self. There's people all around us. I don't care where you live. I don't care if you say I'm an American and it's a Christian nation. No, we're not. And we haven't been for a long time. Sure, there are Christians in this nation and there are churches, but we are by no means a Christian nation. And maybe you'll hear this and disagree and stop listening. And well, that's your choice. There are people all around us, no matter where you live, no matter what country you live in, who have never heard the gospel. Who have never heard the name of Jesus. And there are people in America that have never stepped foot in church, don't know a thing about Jesus, don't know a thing about his resounding glory. So the question remains, God has asked us to be something, to love the Lord our God with our hearts, soul, and minds, and love our neighbor as ourselves. It's the two, he says, everything is wrapped up in those two commands. And so my question today, are we gonna keep being like Israel and getting excited over whatever the ark is in our life? Are we gonna fully surrender like Samuel did? like David did, like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, the list goes on, and eventually the disciples. Are we going to surrender? Are we going to love the Lord our God with everything, our heart, our soul, and our mind, 24-7, and therefore love our neighbor as ourself? Step out of our comfort zones and go tell people the good news that there is hope, that there is joy, that there is redemption, that there is life, and that life is in Christ and Christ alone. Are you willing to go?